This is Are You Sure About This? I'm Etin Patel. I'm Eugene Min, and let's get into today's episode. In the 2016 election, the nation was divided between two polarizing candidates. In the end, one of those candidates won the popular vote while the other won the electoral college. It would make sense that the candidate the most people voted for would win, but that is not the case. Instead, the candidate who won the electoral college became president. In today's episode, we'll be arguing that the electoral college should be abandoned in favor of the popular vote. The electoral college is obsolete and it no longer reflects the will of the American people. To make sure that this episode is as reliable as possible, firstly, we will not be pushing our own opinions, but using trusted sources to back our claims. Second, we will make sure not to twist any evidence to help support an argument. In this episode, there are three things we will be going over. First, there are too many people in the U.S. for the Electoral College to be an accurate representation of the people in it. Secondly, The swing states hold too much power. And third, the Electoral College was stated to protect America from poorly chosen presidents, but this system is not effective and outdated. The U.S. has too many people for the Electoral College to accurately represent the views of everyone in the country. In 2016, Hillary won by over 2 million popular votes to Donald Trump. In a Washington Post article, it is stated that Hillary Clinton surpassed Donald Trump by more than 2 million votes, but lost the Electoral College 306 to 232. In raw votes, it was the largest popular vote lead in history for a candidate who lost the election. This means that despite having a significant lead in terms of popular votes, Hillary lost by way of Electoral College. This means that 2 million people were misrepresented or not counted when it came to time when it came time to elect the new president. Secondly, being a member of the Electoral College means different things in different states. In a chart at the top of that same Washington Post article, it is shown that one elector represents 712 people in California, but in Wyoming, one elector represents 195,000 people. This means that electors in the Electoral College represent different amounts of people throughout the states, which means that some people are better represented than others. In that same Washington Post article, it stated that since 1960, California has gained 23 electoral votes, the most of any state in this period. Even though the state's population is still the most proportionately underrepresented in the Electoral College, The state's gain of electoral votes has kept the gap from growing much larger. While California did gain a few extra electoral college votes, it in no way compares to the ratio of elector to population that other states such as Wyoming or Delaware have. Thirdly, the electoral college is more biased towards smaller states than larger states. In the New York Times article, it is stated, that the Electoral College was actually a workaround meant to satisfy divided constitutional convention 
at the cost of actual functionality, as well as stating that Americans worried about disadvantaging small states in rural areas in presidential elections should consider how our current system gives presidential candidates few reasons to campaign in states where the outcome is a foregone conclusion. This means that candidates have no reason to campaign in states where we already know how the state will vote. The Electoral College was created as a compromise between the framers. The Electoral College was created to help get all the people in a small country to agree on one person as their leader. But as time went on, it was shown that the Electoral College did not work well as the country grew. The growth in population in the U.S. has occurred in large cities. As people moved to America, large cities experienced changes in demographics and ways of thinking. These changes caused those cities to split into partisan areas, and they continued to draw in more people of the same demographic, resulting in a population more likely to vote similarly. The few demographics that haven't spe specifically swing states led to power imbalances between states. The Electoral College creates swing states. Swing states are unpredict unpredictable states that can give a crucial amount of electors to either candidate by even just one vote, which also gives them the name battleground states. Because of their unpredictability, there are the states that are essentially determined election since other states are expected to vote a certain way and usually do. Ultimately, swing states are detrimental to the political environment of America that promotes democracy. Firstly, there's a clear discrepancy in how much focus the presidential election candidates place on swing states over other states, depicting the tremendous influence, meaning that they are more powerful than other states. In Srinivasan's PBS video about the Electoral College, he imparts that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had made more than 90% of their campaign stops in just 11 so-called battleground states. Of those visits, nearly two-thirds took place in the four battlegrounds with the most electoral votes, Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and North Carolina. 90%, 90% ten. That is how much both Trump and Hillary has spent in the 2016 campaigns in these swing states. When there's such a disproportionate amount of attention taken from presidential candidates by less than a majority of the states, the issue of the Electoral College allowing a small population of Americans to be so powerful is revealed. Also, according to the Wesleyan Media Project in the in the, in the 2012 general election, 60% of all campaign ads appeared in just seven states, which consists of approximately 15% of the population. Again, the focus that candidates place on these seven swing states, which are only a small proportion of America, indicates the influence of swing states. The Electoral College generates too much influence for a small number of states, illustrated by the ad spending of these candidates. Also, these swing states have an impact not only on the spending of candidates, but also their platforms because they have to conform to the wants of the swing states with their platforms to gain support from them. Secondly, the candidates focus on swing states will lead the president to neglect voters in other areas, leading to low, lowered political engagement. USA Today's journalist, Susan Page, tells us a shocking fact that in 2012, 
64.2% of eligible citizens went to the polls in the battlegrounds compared to 56.8% in the rest of the nation. A large factor in the lack of voter turnout is due to the disparity in ad spending and engagement from the candidates in swing states than the rest of America. Our candidates are spending too much time in swing states, which causes them to not influence other states and lower their political engagement. Thus, the Electoral College is subduing political engagement, which effectively silences a large part of America and perpetuates a less democratic America. This is unacceptable. By analyzing swing states, which is a product of the Electoral College, one can understand why the Electoral College creates a more undemocratic America Along with the less democratic America, the Electoral College also creates a divided America. Finally, I'd like to address the argument made by supporters of the Electoral College that the Electoral College was made to protect the country from a poorly chosen president by incorporating electors as a check to the people's decisions. This argument may have been valid when the framers were creating the Electoral College in the 18th century. But as time progressed, this argument has become inapplicable. According to the Times, in presidential elections between 1992 and 2012, over 99% of electors kept their pledges to a candidate, and there were only two faithless electors. The minuscule amount of rogue electors truly reflects how the electors are firmly loyal to their party. Another reason for their undying loyalty is that they are chosen by their parties And a primary factor behind the reason that they get chosen as an elector is for the loyalty they have exhibited. By revealing the loyalty of the electors, we see that electors are not effective as a check anymore because of how partisan our politics and elections have become, become, which has subdued any fish who are electors from from swimming the wrong way. Along with the fact that there are not lots of rogue electors, Even if there were rogue electors, the population in the U.S. and the the number of electors has grown too large for electors to work effectively as checks. Basically, even if a few electors vote votes against their party, it is unlikely to turn the tides of the election. Therefore, again, this system is not effective as a way to serve as a check to the election of a bad candidate. The Electoral College is an outdated system that has to be reformed. The reasons the Electoral College has been created for are outdated and ineffective. Therefore, it should be abolished. To look back, there are too many people in the U.S. for the Electoral College to be an accurate representation of the people in it. Along with that, the swing states hold too much power in the, in the Electoral College. The Electoral College was started to protect America from bad presidents, but it is not effective and is outdated. Thus, the Electoral College is simply obsolete and does not reflect the true will of the American people. Therefore, it should be abolished and replaced with the popular vote. Thank you for listening and remember how this ineffective system is still being utilized. We hope that you will see this ineffectiveness in the 2020 election. Remember to stay safe and have a good rest of your day.